This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Dear friends, good evening. On this special evening, Holy Thursday, Monday, Thursday, everyone, I mean everyone from Albert Einstein to Confucius, to Rodney Dangerfield, to the Apostle John, has something to say about love. Now, just try to guess the source. It's easy to hate and it's difficult to love. This is how the whole scheme of things works. All good things are difficult to achieve and bad things are easy to get. Those are the wise words of Confucius. Now, an easier one. Gravitation cannot be responsible for people falling in love? Einstein, you've got it. I've heard that love is a matter of chemistry. That must be why my wife treats me like toxic waste. Slam dunk, right? And God is love. If you don't know that one, that's the Apostle John. And so there's lots of talk about love. But you and I know from the hard lessons of practical experience, that it's much more difficult to put love into action than it is to simply talk about it. And that's why it is that tonight, you and I need to sit up and take special notice. Because it was on this evening, the night before Jesus died, that the scripture records for us these significant words. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. God is love. And now we read that Jesus, the Son of God, is going to demonstrate the full extent of his love? Well, we'd better take notice. Because this is exactly what Jesus' disciples needed on that night before he died. Something that we often don't put together is that on that night when Jesus and his disciples gathered like a family, his disciples, honestly, they were a hot mess. They were just completely wrecked because they couldn't put together in their heads, they couldn't comprehend what was actually going to happen in the next 24 hours. I always like to give the example of how messed up they were with that beautiful scripture Pastor Bill just read for us. We love those words of Jesus that he spoke on Monday, Thursday, when he said, My Father's house has many rooms. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. I am the way and the truth and the life. But you realize he had to speak those words to his disciples because they simply did not understand something else that he had told them. He said to them, where I am going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later? They actually thought Jesus was going to desert them 
not go to the cross for them. And so when you read John's account of this evening, you hear the disciples just pepper Jesus with questions and objections. They said to him, why can't I follow now? We don't know where you're going. Just show us the Father. And those are very familiar feelings to most of us, especially when we lose sight of the plan of God and the comfort of God and the love of God. Has it ever happened to you? That when you were struggling with an illness that just wouldn't go away, or when you were in the midst of an awful job search that just felt like rejection after rejection, that you just wanted to cry out to God and say, Lord, where in the world are you taking me? Have you ever hit a, a brick wall in a relationship or in raising your children and just demanded, Lord, just show me where you are in all of this? Prove it? Have you ever struggled with a sin that gets the better of you again and again and again and said to God, well, God, why can't I be a glorious, perfect Christian? Why can't I follow you? And as Jesus' disciples poured out those complaints and poured out those objections, Jesus gave them exactly what they needed. He gave them proof of the full extent of his love. And he did it for them in three ways. First, he washed their feet. And that, that doesn't sound really powerful until you realize that this is Jesus, the Son of God, the second person of the Holy Trinity, who's there on his knees doing the work of the lowliest servant. I always get a kick of this picture. It's done by a Renaissance artist named Jacopo Bassanio. It's not the beautiful picture of the Last Supper that Leonardo da Vinci painted with uh, uh, very pious-looking disciples gathered around Jesus. These are Jesus' disciples as they really were arguing, doubting, fearful. But what Jesus did was what they truly needed. And I have a second illustration here. One of my favorites of this evening. Jesus kneeling down to wash Peter's feet. And I always love this one. It's done by a, a British illustrator. And in it, we see Peter trying to understand, why is the Son of God washing my feet? He's almost holding his head in disbelief. You see the disciples behind him all peering down. What's happening here? And this is what John describes. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and it was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. What a testimony to our Savior's determination to serve 
and to save. John prefaces it. He said, Jesus fully understood that he had all power and all authority. He totally understood that he had come from heaven to carry out the greatest divine plan that had been launched in eternity and now carried out by him. And he was here to save a world of sinners, beginning with those sad disciples in the upper room. And all of this was his determination and his choice. So what was coming up in the next 24 hours, his betrayal by his friends, the injustices he suffered at the hands of the Jewish and Roman courts, that was no mistake. That was no tragedy. This was the very plan of God. And it was Jesus, the Son of God, who willingly, lovingly served and saved his beloved, just as they were. Such a mess. Like we are as well. John writes, Then he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, you are not going to wash my feet. Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. The theme of our messages building up here at Easter is Jesus changes everything. What if we really had what we need? But sadly, maybe it's you like it is I. I don't really know what I need. Or I know it and I don't want to admit what I actually need. Like Peter, who said, Lord, you're never going to wash my feet. He and the other disciples didn't see or didn't understand what a mess they were. And so he objected, Jesus, you don't need to wash me. Jesus, don't go to such an extreme for me. Jesus, I don't need that kind of help and that much charity from God. And to a certain extent, this whole account reminds me of my children. When during their growing up years, they wanted to do things by themselves, but they didn't really know what they needed, Oh, Dad, I can tie my own shoes. Mom, I can pour my own milk. I can choose my own outfit. And then there came, Dad, I can cut my own steak. And Dad, I can ride the bike in the street just like you do. And Dad, I can plug in the television and unplug it. Oh, no. And like Jesus, we knew what they really needed, right? And in love, Jesus stepped in and did what they really needed, leaving no doubts about that need and his perfect desire to do everything that we needed. Then he demonstrated his love for them by praying for them. And this is one of those parts of John's gospel that you have to read in its entirety to, to fully get. But right in their presence, in their hearing, he poured out his heart to the Heavenly Father, 
demonstrating how much he loved his disciples and how much he trusted his heavenly father. He said things like this, Heavenly Father, I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They are yours. The Son of God is speaking in your presence, saying, you belong to God. You are his precious possession. He prayed, I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I'm praying in front of them so they understand how much I love you and them both. They are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. My prayer is not for them alone, not for the 12 disciples alone. He said, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, all of us right here today that they may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Do not miss that. Do you hear what Jesus is saying about you? That the Heavenly Father loves you as much as he loves Jesus? Then he prays, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am. He was single-minded in this goal. I have made them known, I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I may, myself may in, be in them. Have you ever poured out your heart to God in the presence and in the hearing of your loved ones? Your spouse or your children or your friends? Do you realize what a a raw, honest testimony that is to your love for them and also your trust in your Savior and Lord? And in this context is where Jesus says to us, As I have loved you, you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. What a teaching moment. As Jesus loved us, love your family, love your spouse. Pray for them in their presence, in their hearing. And then, Jesus gave to his disciples and to us his gospel of love in the form that we can touch and taste, served by him and his meal, the Lord's Supper. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Someone wiser than me has pointed out that most of the religions of our world are religions that attempt to teach human beings how they can reach up to God, or at least reach up to a higher, more 
spiritual plane. And Christianity, understand, is just the opposite. God reaches down to us. God literally comes down to us. The, the Son of God knelt down to serve his disciples. And then, our Savior goes to every possible length that you and I should be able to not only understand, but also trust that amazing love of God. You realize that he gives us his beautiful gospel of salvation in words on paper, ink. He gives it to us in pixels on a screen. He gives it to us in sound waves that we can hear. He gives it to us in the, the water of baptism and the bread and wine of his supper. Our Lord is so determined that we should know his love and know his gospel of forgiveness that he kneels down before us in a humble bit of bread and a taste of wine. It's another, it's the third miracle of Jesus' just awesome love for us. The Apostle Paul can't get over it. He says, is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread we break a participation in the body of Christ? And then the simplest words, Paul says to us, whenever you drink this, eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. I hope it doesn't sound tacky to call this the trifecta of Jesus' demonstration of his love for us. It's like on that evening as he personally gathered with his disciples, he didn't want it to be clear once, but twice, but three times how determined he was by his love for them, personal love for them, that he would do what they needed. And it was the day before he went to the cross. That's how much this was on Jesus' mind. He didn't wait till Friday. He was already demonstrating this on Thursday. He saw what a mess the disciples were. He saw without a doubt what a mess I am and you are. Uh, he knew our true need, whether we want to admit it or avoid it, and with pure determination, he knelt down to serve and to save. That is the full extent of Jesus' love. He's shown it to you. He's shown it to me. To that we can say amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.